from DynastyLeagueFootball.com and the DLF family of podcasts, this is the Super Flex Super Show. Your main source for strategy, speculation, player values, and all things Super Flex. With innovative strategies like QBX and the Super Flex Flywheel, exercises like Tinder Flex, Super Six, You're Nuts, and next week this week, the Super Show's super friends never lack the content you need to help you draft and manage your roster in the fastest growing fantasy football format, Superflex, on the Superflex Super Show. Enjoy your DLF podcast and stay sexy and super flexy. Dynasty Outhouse, and I have a trading problem. And I am Rocky Petrella, and I have a trading problem. I'm Ryan McDowell, and I have a trading problem. Hey, everybody, and welcome to session 155 of the Trade Addicts Podcast, member of the DLF family of podcasts, also a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, the DAP Network, if you will. And we will. And, you know, I said, I, I say it first always, but here, I would have said it first on purpose. We are a member of the DLF family of podcasts. And the reason I would say it first, because it would be a little bit of ass kissery, because you heard who is here. My boss, the most wonderful man I've ever met in my entire <laughs> life, Ryan McDowell. How you doing, Ryan? I'm doing well, Russ. How are you guys? <laughs> we are we are so much better for having you in our presence. That That's how we're doing. Is this working? <laughs> yeah, yeah we, maybe maybe we can fit a raise in there somehow we'll all see. right that's <laughs> what you wanted to hear <laughs> uh, well we had uh it's funny like I, I i last week i went nuts like the past like few weeks we've had news on monday morning and we had some news on monday morning and while sarcastically it was gigantic news it was not gigantic news so before we get into that well you know technically this is Ryan's first time on the show, and even though hopefully everyone knows who he is, why don't you, Ryan, say who you are, what you do, and where they could find what you do? Sure, I'm glad to. I, uh, I'm i Ryan McDowell. You can find me on Twitter at RyanMC23. I am a writer and podcaster and co-owner of Dynasty League Football, uh, and almost all of my work can be found there. I do do a little stuff for Roto World or... Uh, what is it now? NBC Sports Edge or something like yes, that? Yes, yes. I haven't done anything since since that change. So I don't know. Maybe 
Maybe I'm out the door. We'll see. <laughs> we'll find out, I guess. All right. Okay. So now let's let's do our little interviewee thing. And Rocky, you can go ahead and take your bathroom break now if you need to. <laughs> okay, I'll go ahead and do that. Thanks, Russ. <laughs> just just in case you didn't think I was going to call you out on it. <laughs> it's, it's a must uh, must uh, listen for when it happens every week. <laughs> you got you got permission from the teacher, Rock. Okay, I'll <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> okay, so Ryan, how long have you been playing fantasy football? Uh, I think I started I started early two thousands. Um, a co-worker uh got me into fantasy football uh i wasn't i wasn't a football fan at all um growing up but uh so that was that was probably oh two oh three something like that okay that's not bad that makes me feel a little better because that's around when i got into football too so i i can be like you one day is what you're saying all right i feel that how long <laughs> have you been playing dynasty for uh so that first league was actually a dynasty league oh wow um, you jumped yeah. straight in yeah, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know I was jumping straight in. I didn't know what. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on, really. Um, uh, like I said, this this coworker had had talked about his league, and I've I've kind of told this story on on other shows too. But um, to me, it just everything he talked about as far as drafting players and making trades, and it all just sounded like playing Madden, uh, yeah. which I I love to do. Um, so yeah, I wanted wanted to try it out and got into that that league and and you know just like it just like it does it it grew and found more leagues found more resources and websites and um, yeah that that's pretty much the beginning of it all right but how how far back playing Madden do you go like what's what's the uh, oldest Madden you could remember playing probably like 93 uh, I, I remember 93 94 and I, I don't even know when the first one was but that feels pretty early that was um, so that would have been um, you know, that would have been my high school years for me. Um, and I, I was the, the funny thing is I was, I was always, and still am, if I try it, a terrible Madden player, um, <laughs> horrible, you know, I, I couldn't, uh, of my, my friend group in high school and college, I was always the worst player. Um, you know, I had to play the computer on, on, what on the easiest level I, I i just stink at at madden but i loved the um i love the off season part right yeah. I, I would um sim sim the season sim the regular <laughs> season get to the off season and draft and trade and uh that was that was the fun part yeah i definitely it's funny like with all sports games i miss the sega genesis days all i need is three oh, yes. buttons pass shoot and turbo you know for soccer and hockey um uh you know you have oh, yeah. three choices in, to pass the ball. yeah exactly that's all i need i don't man like now with hockey you have to like flip the swamp the flick the thumb switch to shoot the puck it's just like i can't just i just want to hit the i'll hold it to take a slap shot that's all i need this is ridiculous <laughs> Yeah, oh man, because I, I remember playing that very first like Madden Talk Football or whatever it was called, and it was oh, wow, like yeah. around that like ninety one, ninety two area, and that was the first time I liked football. That was yeah, that was those days, and I was also a terrible Madden player as well. So, uh, but I'm, so I'm you, in good company then. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so you have been in Dynasty for a very long time. So this might be a tough question. What are some of the best and worst trades you've made? Yeah, that is a tough question. Um, it's tough for me. I, I feel like I have kind of a short memory with trades, uh, both the, you know, regardless of the result, I guess. Um, 
this actually kind of, you know, knowing this question was, was coming and, and listening to, to some of the other shows, I, I actually had to go look at some, mm-hmm. uh, look for some because, uh, yeah, like I said, really, really, I just don't keep those trades in mind, uh, whether they end up being good or, or bad for me. Uh, but I, I found a few, uh, didn't, didn't have to search too far, unfortunately <laughs> for some of the bad ones. Um, most of my leagues now are, are, uh, the kitchen sink leagues are, are kind of my favorites, which, um, uh, Rush, you're, you've, you've been in those in the past and, uh, they're contract and auction super flex, of course, and, and tight end premium and Devi. So there's, there's lots of moving parts, lots of pieces that can be traded, um, and the contracts, of course, impact the player value. And in in one of the leagues, I was I was trying to make a run last year, trying to win that title, and uh, traded Antonio Gibson on a on a open contract. So basically, uh, uh, basically on a four year deal mm-hmm. for Ezekiel Elliott on a uh, I think he was on a two year deal. So you know that one. That, that one hurts a little bit. bit. It's not not too bad. It it could still work out for me. I did not win the title, so it didn't oh. it didn't work out that way. Uh, but that one was no good, and I had to go back a little further. And this one really hurts because it's uh, it's it's with a buddy, uh, a buddy of all of ours, Matt Price, and it mm-hmm. was yeah, you know, it was it was off brand completely. I traded Amari Cooper. Ooh. For Jarvis Landry, um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, again, not the worst trade in the world. I mean, Landry's kind of uh, obviously gone downhill. That was that, and that was a couple of years ago, and um, I think that was still the that was before he was moved to the Cowboys. Um, but yeah, that because I, I think because I I kind of let the wrong people get in my ear a little bit about <laughs> um, about how bad Amari was or how good Jarvis Landry somehow was. Um, so that, that one stings for sure. Matt definitely got the, uh, the better of me on, on that deal. Uh, but thinking about good trades, I don't know. I think it's a tough question. You know, we can all find trades that we um, got the better of, of the other side, you know, got the better of the other, the other person on. And um Maybe that's because they didn't know what they were doing. They're new in the league. They're maybe they're just not a good dynasty player. But I don't necessarily take pride in those deals. I mean, I'm glad I'm glad I get them done if if they happen. But um, if I rip somebody off, that doesn't make it a good deal. I like I I kind of think of good trades in two categories. The one I kind of mentioned with the Zeke deal, even though it didn't go that way, making a making a trade to get you a title or to get mm-hmm. you into the playoffs. Um, I think that, I think of that, if it works, I think of that as a good trade, uh, almost regardless of, of the pieces involved. It's, you know, it's not win at all cost, but in general, it's more of a good strategy. Um, and, and then trying to be a, ahead of the crowd, ahead of the pack. If you're buying a player that um, has not gained that value yet, that's not a top 20, top 50, whatever pick, uh, basically, if you're if you're shooting your shot and you see that player gain value, even if at the time you overpaid, I think of that as a good trade as well. 
Absolutely. Look, you're you're at, being way too nice. <laughs> I was just going to say, look at Ryan being way better people than me and you and yeah. refusing to call, you know, puff out his chest over his great trades. So. All right. So so let me let me take Ryan on a trip down memory lane for my like first week in Kitchen Sink One where I, I thought I thought this I thought we might go this way. I've I've got the uh speaking I've got the of Jarvis Landry. Up here. <laughs> Yes, I believe it yes. was Jarvis Landry for a first and CD Lamb. Um, something like that. You also got Cameron Meredith. Don't forget about that. I can never. Oh man, how could how could I forget Cameron <laughs> Meredith? Um, yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> I, I didn't keep CD Lamb long. I flipped him later uh, in in a, a huge overpay for. Uh, another one of my guys, Juju Smith-Schuster. So um, it it hurt me, you know, being loyal to these players hurt me both ways. I gave up Amari too cheap, and I, I way overpaid for Juju. Yeah. People and really liked Cam Meredith at one point. He he was Darnell Mooney, right? Yeah, like he yeah. came, out of no, came out of sort of nowhere and was doing really yeah. well. I mean, Cam Meredith had the injuries, and that was one of his big, well, one of his biggest problems, his biggest problem, I guess, but... Yeah, he was a thing for a while and then got moved really to the was. Saints yeah. and we're just like, yeah, he's going to be a thing again. He wasn't a thing again. <laughs> no, because it was funny because uh, that was my first ever Debbie trade. And I'm like, oh, CD Lamb, I know he's supposed to be really good, but he's not going to be the league for like two years. And then right away, I was just like, I feel like a disturbance in the force. Like, maybe I shouldn't have done that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's tough to, like I said, the kitchen sink leagues and, and there's plenty of other leagues like this that have a lot of, um, a lot of tradable assets, right? Yeah. Um, whether it's um, money of some kind, if you're talking about auction leagues or or Devi players or picks, uh, that's that's one reason I really like those leagues. Is there's mm-hmm. so many so many avenues to go down to trade um, and to get a deal done. Yeah, and if you're smart, you actually do a little bit of research and look into the value of everything, as opposed to me, who's just like, I like trading. <laughs> yeah, I just got in one month ago, and I'm still trying to figure it out. I got, I think, Kitchen Sink 5, so. <laughs> yeah, and I'm in, uh, I've been in Pigs 1 for about three years now, and I still have no idea how much a pig, like, how much a dollar's worth. Like, I, I still have no idea what's going on. Well, it changes all the time in those leagues, right? Uh, yeah, well, a I think the bit. tax. Yeah, the tax finally stopped. I think it was. I don't. There was rules, and that I read some of them and perused the rest. I don't know. Um, but since we've gone hardly off track, uh, what is a guiding principle you take with you when you're either evaluating or offering a trade? Um, you know, I mean, for me, it it really just comes down to uh, trading. Comes down to to activity, right? To being um, to being the most active. Uh, trader, manager, participant in your league, and honestly, it, I, 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 that hasn't been me lately, right? Um, I mean, uh, as, as some of my responsibilities at DLF ha- have grown, as my family has grown, like that's one of the things that has suffered. I, I used to be able to say and and was kind of proud that in all of my leagues, I was the one who. I, not only did I know my roster, I knew your roster and everybody else's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I wanted to trade for a player, I, I knew who had him. I didn't have to go look at the roster page or, or whatever. And, and that's, that's changed for sure. But, um, you know, ultimately I think success in trading comes from uh, being active and, and from having those relationships as well, being able to text someone and, and 
talk through a trade or DM or whatever uh, versus just sending that, that cold offer that that's usually not going to work so well. How many leagues are you in, by the way? I don't know if I know that one. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's cut. I've cut it this year. Uh, I actually cut some leagues that I was uh, the commission of as well. Rocky knows about that. Um, so that's, that's helped. Um, probably still like 15 or 16 dynasty leagues, something like that. Yeah. It's funny. It like leaving <laughs> a league is like, okay, that's fine. I got to leave that, you know, I, everyone understands stop commissioning a league feels weird. <laughs> like oh, that's man. like yes. giving up a baby in some way. Like I had two leagues. I had to, I had to give up because I just run too many damn leagues and like they sort of squished into one, you know, some people left, some people stayed and the two they combined and someone else took it over and I'm like, and they're like, all right, just give me commission powers. I'm just like, like, <laughs> Almost pushing the like, just push the button on the mouse. Just hit, just hit submit. Like you can give this up. It's it, it just it's weird. Yeah, yeah, it really was. And I mean, there was, um, I've, I mean, I really felt some guilt out of that because I, I kind of felt like I'd sent some hints, not necessarily intentional, but just, um, you know, does anybody want to help co-commish <laughs> things like that? Um, Wouldn't that then, step up, Rocky? <clears throat> You know, I mean, some people <laughs> offered certainly uh, because this was this was five leagues and twenty four people in each one. So I mean, there That's were offers, lot. but yeah. um, ultimately, it just I just didn't think it made sense. But I mean, like in any league, people were building for two or three or four years down the road and had uh, acquired a lot of picks and and things like that. So, I mean, I really I really felt bad, honestly, and um, but ultimately, I. You know, I just had to, I kind of had to pull the plug and um, just just try to find that, get that time back. Yeah. Um, one of the leagues that I had to drop, I came in second place three years in a row. Not going to lie. There was a little bit of satisfaction in closing that one down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, I'll, and I'll, fine, I'm going to complain about it every time it comes up. The first year I lost the championship by 0.39. Oh, oh. And yeah, that's rough. I lost to uh, Steve uh, Steve K. It's like at Class K on on Twitter yeah. uh, twice. I lost to him in the championship twice. The first year and the third year, and the first year he beat me by point three nine because Doug Martin couldn't run the ball one more freaking time. Point three nine wasn't that right about what you lost one of the the TA leagues this year? Yeah, to Brian. Thanks for bringing <laughs> that up. Also, because the Bills decided to sit Josh Allen one drive too early. Whew. Well, thanks for taking this on a wonderful turn, Rocky. I'm glad you're here <laughs> no to, problem. as a co-host. I, I chip in where I can. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that downer of a note that I know everyone feels bad for me, we're going to move on to the news, <laughs> which I say <laughs> with a very sarcastic tone at the end of it. So we have three pieces of news. We have the Patriots terminate the contract of Julian Edelman, who then retires. Gio Bernard signs with the Bucks. And it is officially Thad Moss season because he signed with the Bengals. Now, the real question is, Ryan, do you actually care about any of these? Um, I don't care about the uh, the Edelman news at all, only nope. because it, it, it you know it kind of seemed like this was coming for a while. Yeah. Uh, whether he was, um, I mean, there was talk that he would miss a, a big chunk of the season, and when that came out, that was around a month ago, I think. You know, it started. You start raising eyebrows like already and he's still dealing with this injury and um 
So this that one was not really surprising. Yeah. Um, both the uh, the release and and the retirement. So yeah, that that doesn't really change anything for me. Um, the Geo News is is interesting. I mean, anybody at this point that's that becomes connected to Tom Brady, we we kind of have to pay attention to. Um, and they now have uh, they now have four running backs in that backfield that are are probably on dynasty rosters. So you wonder. It's probably not good news for Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, I mean, he he could go from first round pick to street free agent in in a year or so. Um, and for those, I, I don't know where you guys were on this, but I mean, he was a player. I was not a fan of his anyway, especially not when he uh, became a late first, early yeah. second round pick in in rookie drafts. It, for me, it was a an easy avoid at that point. So there's you know that kind of makes you feel good. Like you got one, right. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, some other people fell for it, I guess, but um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know who that's going to hurt as far as Jones or, or for, or uh, Fournette, but uh, I would say his, his pass catching chops are, are going to hurt one of them. Maybe both of them. Oh, as I was going to say, probably both. And yeah, I do find that a little interesting just because, you know, there was all the James White talk going to the Bucks, and maybe he becomes Tom Brady's new James White. He's definitely the best pass catching back there, like Ryan said. Um, but yeah, it's not. And, and the biggest uh, uh, result of the Edelman news for me was getting a bunch of uh, emails and text alerts that people were dropping Julian Edelman off their dynasty rosters. <laughs> I wonder if I have him on any. All right, so is is it finally Nikhil Harry season? Uh, no, I don't think no, so. No. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't I don't want any piece of that uh, that Patriots wide receiver depth chart. It's it's so ugly. Um, and I mean, I, I guess maybe maybe they make a surprise move in in the draft and they come out with with one of these quarterbacks. Uh, but if not, then then it's it's certainly not uh, you know Nikhil Harry breakout season, no. uh, not not with Cam Newton throwing the ball. Hey, yeah, that fifth year breakout, where you know the Devontae Parker arc. That's what that's what it's going to get. I'm <laughs> telling you, it's, it's coming. The joke you hear is that the three tight end sets for the uh, for the Patriots with the, the two guys they signed in Nikhil Harry. Yep, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so here's here's where. As someone someone made the joke that well I guess the since he's not going after Pitts anymore because they signed Thaddeus Moss, which clearly is a joke because I think Thad was undrafted or very very lately drafted and yeah he was undrafted yeah and then cut from Washington and all that stuff. Um, do you, okay, so I need to ask why in the world would Cincy draft Jamar Chase at six? When they have so much other, like, do you think this is real? Do you think this is a possibility? Should I be freaking out for my T. Higgins shares, Ryan? I'm just going to say, Russ is two biggest guy. One of two of his biggest guys are T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, so he hates yeah. this chase. Thing. I hate it. <laughs> uh, I mean, any any team. First of all, any team in the league would love to have Jamar Chase, right? Oh, and yeah. and they and they would love to have Kyle Pitts. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to pretend to be uh, an expert on the depth of the O-line class, you know, um, but I, I've heard others that I trust say that the depth of the, of the offensive lineman group is 
um, is pretty impressive. And if, if the Bengals want to wait until the second round that um, they're going to get a quality player there that, that could step in and start. Um, I can't imagine that player would be better than um, the Oregon kid who I'm, I'm blanking on uh, Sewell. Penny Sewell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but again, I'm, I'm no offensive lineman expert. It's, I mean, they've, they've got to go that way. They've got to take Sewell. I think. I, yeah. Um, and not I ruin mean, my T Higgins shares. Exactly. <laughs> so you're only worried about uh chase then for, because he plays a similar role to T you, you don't mind if they, they draft pits. Maybe no. I, I don't no. mind if they draft either one. And I mean, if they do take chase, uh, I, I would be trying to buy low on, I, well, I don't want to say low. I don't think he gets too low, but uh, I'd, I'd be taking any discount on T Higgins for sure. Oh man, I, you not enough for me. I ain't letting go of those things, yeah, <laughs> especially for what I paid for a lot of them. But it's just, I get it. Jamar Chase was Burrow's wide receiver, and right. I guess yeah, you can't have too many X receivers, I guess. Uh, but <laughs> I, just, yeah, I, mean, I don't that's, know. That's kind of the that's the fun pick, right? And and Pitts would be as well. Uh, but I think ultimately they probably go. They probably go offensive lineman. Really, I think if they were smart, they should trade down. But since he, since he will not do that, they will not trade down. No chance. Yeah, there's, and it's just like that's why I kind of giggle anytime someone talks about the Patriots moving up. I'm like, I don't have the Patriots literally ever moved up, especially as early in the first. I, in recent memory, I can't remember. I don't think. Well, so. I, I mean, the concern with Cincinnati, if if you're worried about Higgins, is, I mean, they have the smallest scouting group in the, in the league. Right. I mean, the number of literally the number of scouts they have is, is uh, smaller than any other scouting um, division, I guess. Um, And and they're name brand drafters. So if you're worried about chase or, or, you know, if you think they might take pits, that, that would be the reason why they're going to take, the player that everybody has heard of. I, I think a lot of, re, a lot of times that's why fantasy players kind of like their drafts because in the, in the fourth or fifth or sixth round, they're taking players we've all heard of, right? They're not mm-hmm. taking some defensive lineman from a small school. They're taking like the running back from Oklahoma or the, um, you know, the wide receiver from LSU or whatever. And we look at that at, at their end result of their draft. And we feel like, Hey, I know every one of their players. <laughs> Rodney not Anderson. Always, that's not necessarily a good thing, right? Rodney Anderson um, and Travion Williams, right? They're just drafting names. So, look, Geo's finally gone. So it's Travion Williams' time. I, I'm just trying to make myself feel better with all of this. <laughs> the report I saw is that it's Samaj P. Ryan time. <laughs> uh, Kyle Lebrecht will be very happy to hear that. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, clearly I was insanely sarcastic with the news, so we are going to just forget that ever happened, and all right, Ryan, do you want to do Trade Addict Trades or Listener's Question next? Hey, it's your show. I'm good with either. You're the worst. I hate when guests (laughs) are actually nice and stuff like that. You're supposed to make a decision. Rocky, make a decision. Uh, Let's do Listener Questions first. All right, cool. Let's do the first one. Kyle on the couch FF at Dogleg Brewer. What is the optimum weight pre-cooked of a meat patty in a hamburger for a grown man ages 30 to 45? Uh, 
I have to answer that. All right, I'll go first. <laughs> I was going right. to leave it to you two. I was like, I, 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 I've eaten quitter pounders. I, I, you know, whatever. I don't know beyond that. <laughs> see, I, see, exactly. So just go off of that. Is that enough burger for you? To for me, no. Like, I want to go third pounder. And the reason, because a quarter pounders are too small, even like when you pile stuff on. But a third pounder with like a breakfast burger to me is like the greatest burger ever you know give me bacon egg if you want to throw some potato on there some avocado on there and of course cheese (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah we're fat people in jersey it's wonderful um and of course i said bacon let's let's put some pork roll on there to represent our state Uh, oh and seriously a third pound burger with all that stuff on it like i'm honestly not always such a big french fry guy so like all you need is that third pound with all that stuff on top of it and to me that that's a meal in your hands I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not. A, I'm not much of a griller. So I've, I've said so far. I'm, I can't really grill. I stink at video games. So I don't know. I'm. I'm glad the dynasty thing is going yep. well. I was say you got at least one good thing working for you. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Uh, I'm not checking any other boxes here. Um, nope. Completely blanked on what I was about to say. Um, oh yeah. So McDonald's has the quarter pounder with cheese. And Burger King actually came up with a third pounder. Do you know why that failed? Um, I don't. It's not as fun to say. Americans are so <laughs> dumb, they thought a quarter was bigger than a third. <laughs> mm. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> the, the teacher in me hurts. Yep. <laughs> but, but, but also just, yeah, nods mm. in, in agreement and understanding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's just go to the metric system, guys. Le <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Royale with cheese. My go. wife That's actually right. went to France and took a picture of one of the menu boards. <laughs> so Royale just with cheese. Yeah, Royale with cheese. Uh, all right. Uh, Jer- Jeremy Schwab, at Jer Schwab. We know that guy. If you oh, yeah. could rewatch one Disney movie for the very first time, what would it be? Wow. All right, so, Ryan... This should be up your wheelhouse. It is. It is. We're we're a Disney family. Uh, the the rest of my family, uh, more so than me, but I I tag along. Um, hmm, that's a tough one. I, I really liked uh, I really liked Moana. So mm-hmm. maybe I would I would maybe go with Moana. Um, and Frozen. I'm good with Frozen for sure. So either one of those would be good. I'm trying to think if there was any any of those movies with some type of intrigue or, or real surprise or, or something that uh that i would like to experience again you know for the first time that's what i think of with questions like this um i guess big picture or, or old school um mary poppins would be kind of my favorite um so yeah i don't know any of those do you actually have an answer for this one rocky uh did this pixar count sure uh, they own Disney. The I'm going to kind of cheat a little bit because it's not just about the movie, but um, Pixar um, is one of the first dates I went on with my then girlfriend, now wife. Aww. So <laughs> that would be fun just to sort of relive that whole thing. Plus, you know, Toy Story is, is the beginning of the whole Pixar thing. So that was cool in itself. You never you hadn't really seen a movie like that before. Um, but just there literally that moment, was no movies like that before, right? Exactly. So just that moment, and then and, and you know the first Pixar movie that, that that seemed like the answer to me. All right. So I actually I have two answers depending on how this question is really supposed to be asked because of course I overthink everything. <laughs> now 
are we going back to the age in which we saw it to see it again for the first time? Or are we seeing it now for the first time? If we were go and, and I, this one, it's technically a Disney movie and I'm going to just ride that with the answer. If I can go back in time to the first time and watch the nightmare before Christmas again, mm-hmm. knowing the effect it had on me afterwards, like that would be, I almost cursed and said it was worth it, but it'd be freaking magical to like, because growing up as a, as a goth kid with absolutely no self-esteem watching this amazingly beautiful movie about a freaking skeleton that just doesn't know who he is anymore. That, and all of this based on the fact that Tim Burton saw a Christmas, a, a window in a store go straight from Halloween to Christmas. And he's like, I think I could write something about this literally where nightmare before Christmas came from. He wrote a poem about it. Um, so if I could go back and just like understand the, the, what this movie would mean to me going forward, I think that would be huge. And like right now, if I am a, how old, how old am I? 38 year old man. And somehow I didn't know that Robin Williams was the voice of the genie in Aladdin. And I could just watch that for the first time. Like my heart is thumping thinking about it because a that's I mean, Robin Williams is like one of my favorite human beings ever. And just being like, Oh, like that was at the time when you were a kid, like that's what Robin Williams was. Of course, if you're older, you know more. If you're, I guess if you're younger, you know around that stuff also. But like you also know how dirty of a mouth he had also. But, you know, but just uh, being able to like see Genie as like Robin Williams is just that would have been. Like I'm getting flustered thinking about it. I love seeing just how worked up Russ gets talking to Disney. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Those are good I, answers. That, uh, they are. Yeah. I almost got to go. Uh, Ryan's wife helped me set up my trip, uh, and we planned it right before COVID started. <laughs> hey, run it back. We're we're going this summer. Yeah, I think we're going in December. At least that's the plan right now. Uh, we have two more questions. First one. I, I've not okay. seen Nightmare on the. What is it? Nightmare, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, I've not seen that. Disney Plus, man. Let's watch it right now. Live I've, stream. Yeah. I've only seen it. I saw it, but ages ago. I've only seen it once. That is, uh, oh, that, that that's my sad movie. Like you have like your comfort movie. Like when you're sad, yeah. you sit and watch it. Like that's what I sit and watch. I could watch that on repeat. Uh, well, the, right, I'll have to check that out. Uh, you know, right, not right after COVID, not right after COVID. COVID hasn't ended yet. But like <laughs> right when things started opening up again, movie theaters started opening, mm-hmm. but not for real. You could tech, you could rent out movie theaters. Yeah. It was like 200 bucks for, you could have 20 something people in which case that's really freaking cheap when you right. think about it. Yeah. We did and, that. Yeah. We did it for wonder woman 84, which was unfortunately cut pretty meh. And we did it for nightmare before Christmas. It was us and two other families. And of course we, we sat lines apart where they rose apart from each other. Sure. But you could hear at least one person in every single family just wailing along with every single song that was in that movie. It was like, it was so much fun to see it on a big screen. Just, yeah, I, I absolutely do get just worked up talking about those movies. <laughs> um, back to football at Hey Dangle asks, uh, start two quarterbacks and two tight ends. Gross. With 1.5 PPR for tight ends, even grosser. The 101. Oh, at the 101, do you take Pitts or Lawrence? Uh, he also specifies it is a 14-team league. All right, he put this out of order. Let's start this again. 14-team league, two quarterback, two tight end, where the tight end premium is also 
and you get 0.25 points per completion and six point passing touchdowns. Uh, I think this is at least where it becomes the discussion when you have to start two tight ends, because to me, the, the 1.5 on its own. And of course I know we refer to that as tight end premium. That's, it's really not a premium to me. Yeah. Um, if you, if it's just 1.5, doesn't really even move the needle in my evaluation of of tight ends. Uh, but with starting to, you know, I'm in I'm in a couple of Matt Price's leagues or one of Matt Price's leagues that uh, requires two tight end starters. Actually, I think we we just changed that because yeah, we did. I'm very happy uh, about that. It's because it's a stinky <laughs> rule. So yep. requiring two tight end starters is uh, is tough, and and that's the only reason I think it's even a discussion. But um, really, it, it's it's really still not for me. Honestly, it's Trevor Lawrence and uh, the 14 team pushes it uh, even even further in that direction. Um, so I mean, we could we could try to come up with a debate here, but I don't think it's even a question. And I've seen, I mean, I've seen Pitts going 101 in in just 12 team, you know, 1.5 PPR leagues. Which yeah, I think Ma- is Matthew Barry crazy. tweeted out about an industry yeah. league where yeah, yeah, Pitts went 101. And and for me, I agree pretty much with everything Ryan said. It it's definitely worth the question because of the two tight ends. Uh, but I mean, 14 teams, you know, I'm the weight on quarterback guy, but 14 teams, super flex changes things even uh, more. So I like taking the quarterbacks more in the rookie drafts anyway than I do in the startups or trading for them. And you got a premium for the quarterbacks too, with the 0.25 point. It's, it's easy Lawrence for me still. Yeah. yeah. Everything you guys said, and let's take it a step further. Let's say two seconds after the entire rookie draft ends, the person with Lawrence puts him on the block. The person with Pitts puts him on the block. Who's getting more for their player? The answer is going to be Lawrence because a quarterback's in 14 team, especially because it's two quarterback. It's not, it's not super flex. That's it is right. two. So you need to start a quarterback where there's a much more limited number of quarterbacks. You can start a second string tight end, get three points and be happy about it. You start a backup quarterback. You're, you're, you're probably not, if anything, you might lose points if you're t- that team wins too much and he comes in for the kneel downs. I mean, like <laughs> it's you're like, you're taking a zero or negative if you don't have enough quarterbacks, but with tight ends, you can find something. And even if you were to take Lawrence, you can get Hawkinson and plus a lot for someone like Lawrence. So, and you get a tight end that you've seen do it before because tight ends on most occasions take time to mature into the league and start producing. Now I know like Hawkinson had like 600 yards and a couple of touchdowns his his rookie year. And I guess you would be happy with that coming out, but to spend the one-on-one, I feel, I I feel like you need Travis Kelsey and you need him quickly, (laughs) you know, to spend that capital on him. So I, I'm still, this league might be a little different with two tight ends, but the trade addicts leagues are 0.75 premium. I I still can't bring myself to take him before like 110. One like in the first round is still weird to me. Like with all the names that are there, and I know as we get closer, and especially after the actual NFL draft, it'll be much easier to talk about. But still, like there's five court. Uh, okay, let me ask you the question, Ryan. Assuming five quarterbacks go in the top. 15, 20 in the NFL draft, which it looks insanely likely. Do you think the first five picks in a regular 12 team super flex league should be the five quarterbacks? 
Um, I think we would probably get into, you know, we could probably get into some landing spot discussions there, but, um, no, probably not. Uh, I, I think I would, I would have Jamar chase in that mix somewhere, uh, maybe as high as two, honestly, wow. uh, pending landing spots. Um, and, and I think the running backs and pits fit into there as well. So no, I would not have it one through five now in, in this format that, um, that Dangle's talking about with uh, two two uh, two quarterbacks required and fourteen teams. Again, it becomes more of an argument that the the five quarterbacks are all gaining value there. Yeah, uh, like in, even in the regular twelve team, like I feel like the at least three the top three quarterbacks should probably go first in my mind, and then is when it, it opens up a little. To me, you still take running backs. Like to me, Najee, especially I. I'm gonna, I, I hate the Steelers, but I'm still going to say it out loud until I speak it into existence. Like, Najee to the Steelers is such a perfect fit that it, sh- mm-hmm. it has to happen, even though it most likely won't, but still. Like, a good landing spot for Najee, a good less landing spot for ETN, like to, or or Javante Williams. Like, either two of them, I think, moves up, and then Chase moves up, and that's already eight. And I could, I'm a wide receiver guy. I could easily, if Bateman or Moore get into a great landing spot, I would put them ahead of Pitts, too. So, like, again, we're at, like, 9-10, and, of course, this is me personally. This isn't me saying you're wrong if you do it otherwise or, no, I don't have any official rankings in any way, shape, or form whatsoever. So, again, just my personal opinion, but, like, we we went through this before with that, well, well Hawkinson and Fant went in firsts. I doubt mm-hmm. they're really worth that anymore. Um, and then there was the O.J. Howard, David Njoku, Evan Engram. Yep. And who was the only good tight end to come out of all of that? George Kittle. Yeah. So it it just doesn't seem worth it to me. And I get it. I get it that I don't think like the hype is there. And is is there going to be like this is the thing that's just going to happen going forward for me. Tight ends that are just move tight ends are going to be more popular. And let's face it, we're in a day and age where kids are freaking gigantic. And yeah. people that are that big are too fast for how big they are. So I, I don't think this is going to be a rarity anymore. <laughs> it's like there's going to be a Kyle Pitts or a Noah Fant in almost every single draft coming forward. So I, to me, I'd rather it, it seems crazy to take Kyle Pitts in the first when you can get uh, Fryermuth or Jordan in the third. Yeah, no, um, I mean, you can go Ryan. Sorry, Rock. I, I mean, this is this is a trade show, right? I, I keep thinking about it from a trading perspective. If you want to take pits at 101 or 102, or I mean, r- really any top three, top four pick, there's a pretty good chance you can trade that pick for any tight end you want, including Kelsey, including Kittle. Um, I mean, I've run polls on Twitter, and I mean, you know, take that for what it's worth. It's it's a Twitter poll, but um, I mean, Kyle Pitts is already getting a substantial amount of of, of votes or, or praise or attention as the tight end one overall. So if you really need a tight end, trade trade the pick. Yeah, I agree that picking them in the top three or something like that is is pretty insane. I, I'm maybe a, I'm willing to go a little earlier than you, Russ, maybe in that 107, 108 range. To your original question, uh, I think Ryan made a good point. The landing spots are going to, you know, with the QB craziness in startups, I think everyone thinks four or five are going to go super early in rookie drafts and – one at least one guy I think is going to land somewhere where he's not he's looked at least like he's not going to start this year and he's going to drop even though 
everybody thinks we've learned our lesson and no one's going to drop to 108, 109, 110, like Justin Herbert and things like that. So I think at least one of those guys, if not two, because a lot of people hate Mac Jones too. So even if he goes to like the Patriots and it seems he might start, I still think he might get drafted later. So I'd probably be taking at least the other three quarterbacks, uh, Chase, and probably the three running backs. So I might I start thinking about him at 107, 108, Pitts. All right. Well, DLF Superflex ADP agrees with you. Uh, they have Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Chase Harris, Trey Lance, Travis Etienne, Zach Wilson, Kyle Pitts. That makes sense. sense. Right? All right. Hold on. Now we need to go to. If it agrees with me. It must make sense. Uh, absolutely right, Rob. <laughs> All right, so I know this is March, but I'm still going to look at it anyway because we don't have Kyle Pitts is exactly where you would think he is. He is tight end four. There's the big three, and then there's Kyle Pitts. Yep. By well, it's only nine picks. That's not too bad. Nine picks later is Mark Andrews. I feel like it's been that way all off season too. Yeah, and it's I doubt that there's no reason for that to change, right? Like there's yeah. no Kyle Pitts isn't going to fall unless he goes to the Patriots in the draft. <laughs> are you looking Which, at uh were, were you looking at uh startup ADP there? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I've got I've got April here that is Ooh. going going on the site soon. Uh Pitts is 43 overall. He's still the tight end 4, but uh he is only uh only two picks behind Darren Waller. Uh, so he's he's a mid fourth rounder. And then uh, Mark Andrews is a uh, an early sixth rounder. So you've got uh, you know a round and a half between Pitts and Andrews, and you've got uh, only only Allen Robinson between Waller and Pitts. Uh, so he has uh, even from March to April, yeah, according to ADP up. at least, he's he's gained some value. And he is the, uh, let's see, he's the fifth rookie drafted behind the three running backs and chase. And that's that's in one quarterback ADP. All right. Well, yeah, I have one quarterback ADP up also. And it's funny because Waller and Andrews kind of kept the exact same ADP, but pitch just moved up apparently. That's That's, well, I guess that's to be expected. Uh, but that's ugh, rookie. I, it's, it, it's it this is like the first year it's really getting to me it's it's very strange it's just these picks are being treated as not like no miss absolute studs all the oh, way yeah. through the first round it's, well, they always are i guess it's just bothering you more this year yeah maybe because <laughs> now i want them and no one's going to give them to me all right. <laughs> okay so this last question i don't even know how to take it but we're going to read it anyway just so i can say Kelly Poor at KP Poker KP without even thinking about it. No sweat. I got that handle correct. Uh, they just say <laughs> Harris in Pittsburgh or Etienne in Atlanta. Can I just say yes, please? Uh, yeah, <laughs> both. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. We we talk about uh, Pittsburgh and and Atlanta and and my my co-host on the uh, Locked On podcast, Russ uh, Matt Williamson, of course, Pittsburgh guy, Steelers guy. Uh, totally agrees with you. He has been <laughs> on board with uh, with Najee Harris to Pittsburgh for a while now. He he wants that to be the Steelers' first round pick. So uh, we'll see if you guys get your wish. But um, you know, think I mean, think about the Steelers' offense and and the Falcons' offense. Those are those are teams we typically chase, uh, and and they've produced uh, over the years. But it's been pretty rough at at running back, and maybe that's because 
James Conner is, is kind of worn down or uh, Freeman, Devontae Freeman wore down for the, the Falcons. But um, the Steelers haven't had a, a, a top 12 running back since 2018. The Falcons haven't had a top 12 running back since 2016. So I don't know if it's going to be quite as simple as plug in these rookies and, and they become top 10 guys. I hope it is. That would be fun if, if those mm-hmm. are the two landing spots. Uh, if I'm choosing between those, uh, right now I have Travis Etienne as my RB1, Najee Harris, obviously very close behind. Um, I mean, of course, those both being ideal landing spots, I, I guess I would still take Etienne, uh, but yeah, I, I really would want, I, I'd want both guys. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that, that's when you talk about trading. Uh, is, there, is there a better landing spot open right now? I think Miami is the only one that really comes to my mind. Yeah, we're, we're actually talking on Locked On this week about team needs at, at all four of the positions um, and, and just kind of going through and trying to figure out maybe what these these teams might do because uh, there, there's more than three teams with a, a running back need, but uh, there's really only three, you know, three strong running back prospects at this point. And, and the same can be said about really about every position. Uh, the Jets were the other team that we identified that basically don't have a starter right now. I mean, I guess it's Michael P. Ryan. If mm-hmm. you know, if the season started today, um, so they'll obviously make some type of move to bring somebody in. Um, the, the Tevin Coleman slander. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I forgot right. that even I'm, happened. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love. Oh, I did too. The year he was in going leaving Atlanta, I was all over Tevin Coleman. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's probably fair. That's true. He, he would probably be, he'd probably be the guy if, if we had to pick one from the current depth chart, but um, I still think that they probably make a move (laughs) and bring somebody in. Um, But but yeah, those, those two Atlanta Pittsburgh, uh, I I like miles Gaskin too, uh, but I I think Miami brings in. uh, I I think Arizona is an interesting one too. Yeah, Arizona. Well, yeah, they've got to add somebody, right? I mean, it, it, it can't be Edmonds, and I don't think it can be Edmonds and Eno Benjamin. Uh, I don't think that's going to work. Uh, so they'll, they'll add someone, and we'll just see, you know, we'll see the amount of draft capital they spend, basically. Uh, I, I think it's probably more of that uh, fourth or fifth round pick, and which helps us to uh, maybe push Chase Edmonds up even a little higher than he already has has been. Or or maybe pushes that guy up to Keyshawn Vaughn levels. <laughs> Hopefully we've terrible. learned our lesson. <laughs> now, I, I mean, that could definitely happen with with Pittsburgh or Atlanta, though, right? I mean, if they take regardless of who they take, right? If they take right. Gainwell in the fourth, or Trey Sermon in the fourth, or or Jamar Jefferson in the fourth or fifth, whatever, then yeah, now we suddenly like that guy a lot more than we thought we did. So the the class is so deep. I can't I don't care what landing spots are. There should only be three first round running backs. That's it. And I, I've been I've been having a chance to finally watch some of these guys and some of their game film. I, I love Najee, so my, Najee would be my choice there between the, the Pittsburgh and Atlanta thing. Uh, and I'm not saying anything crazy saying that, but I just I just think he's uh, he's got the makings of a workhorse and Pittsburgh generally likes to use one back too. we we've seen in the past. So I, I love them. Like you said, it's a perfect match for us. Yeah. If they don't take him, someone made a joke last week saying, just give me Trey Sermon in the fourth. 
And then I just started thinking about like, oh man, Jerome Bed is 2.0. Let's do it. Let's just <laughs> like, what's like the new version of the bus? Like calling him a double decker probably isn't the right thing to do, but uh, just that would just like really bring back the old school, especially since they can't throw as much as they did with Roethlisberger being, I don't know if he's toast, but he sure looked like it <laughs> at times last year. So like, I don't think we have another 650 passes in his future. So that would be fun just to watch, just get a dude that will just like start pounding the you know, the, uh, the defensive line over and over and over again. All right, that was our listener questions. So now we have, we have a decent amount of trade addicts trades. I was a little worried. And then we had a, a flurry, we'll call them today. Um, but let's start, of course, tw- uh, trade addicts leagues are 12 team super flex, PPR, tight end premium with 1.75 points per tight end reception and 0.05 points for return yardage, except for trade addicts one, because, because of me, we have a trade addicts one trade. Uh, so let's, let's start there. Uh, trade addicts one Tua for Deontay Johnson and a 22 first. How do you feel about that one, Ryan? Um, I'm probably, Ooh, I don't know. I, I like all these pieces. Um, it's just so tough for me to in in super flex leagues to trade a quarterback without getting one in return. Um, so if if that if this is kind of the the structure of the trade, I'm probably taking the quarterback side most times, and uh, I would in this case I w- I would go with Tua. Um, pretty excited to see what they do at six, and if they get him uh, another weapon, and you know just really just hoping he can take that next step. Yeah, I mean, Tua's stock is looking up, uh, but you know Deontay's my guy, Russ. So <laughs> I, I'm I, I always I always take Deontay with the thought of how am I going to flip him to Rocky? To Rocky, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Deontay and getting a first on top, uh, I'm fine with that. I think you have uh, – well, I think you do only have two quarterbacks after after trading after to this, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have a couple of backups. Like, I have a lot of quarterbacks on my roster, but I only have two starters. But I think your two starters, if I remember correctly, are pretty decent. You could always – Rodgers prob- and Tannehill? Yeah, so that's, that's fine. And uh, I'm sure you could always, you know – get a cam or a Fitzpatrick or something. If you feel you need a third, you know, we got plenty of, let me know when you want to give me Fitzpatrick. (laughs) We got, we got plenty of off season (laughs) left. And and like I said, I just, I I love Deontay. I, I I think he's going to be like the, uh, the new Jarvis Landry or Robert Woods, or he's going to live in that high end two, low end one range for a while here. Uh, Even, even post Ben, I think he's, he's a good route runner. He gets good separation. I just think he's going to get a lot of volume, even with a different quarterback, as long as they're not horrendous, uh, he should be okay. So, and you got the 22 first, which you could, you know, if you don't, you know, if you, you trade for that Fitzpatrick or whatever, you can replace him next year with the 22 first, maybe. That depends. Do you feel like uh, tanking a little bit, Rocky? Because it's yours. <laughs> uh, not yet. No, well, not now, especially now that I know you have it. <laughs> come on, do your co-host a favor. Come on, come on. I brought you into that league. I can take you out of it. <laughs> I was gonna say if that if that first is a high one, that could maybe that could maybe swing things. But no, uh, Rocky has a good. T- it's it's funny. Uh, okay, so this actually I forgot to. I, I remember reading this as one of the questions, and I, I guess I forgot to say it. Someone asked if you did, in fact, invent dispersals. Um, oh, well, well so, Scott yeah. Fish would say yes. Uh, <laughs> Scott Fish credits me for that, which is uh, very kind. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I, I would, I, I would say probably not. Like, I can't imagine 
that I was the first person to ever think of that. Um, I'm the first person I, I know of, or, or I guess I'm the first person Scott knows of as well, but I'm sure somebody came up with that idea bef- before I did. Well, I, I feel like enough people started talking of that Scott Fish invented Debbie until someone finally wrote him a letter saying, look, I was playing this back then. No one's done that for you in dispersals yet. So as of right now, you still you still invented them. Well, I'll, <laughs> hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, the reason I bring it up is because we did, we had a second chance dispersal, no less, um, in the Trade Addicts Leagues, whenever there's I, one... I did invent second chance. I'll, I'll claim that one. <laughs> yes. Thank you, by the way. Thank you for You're that. You're welcome. Um, and... I've ever since we've been, we've done this, I've been screaming, just join them. If you're if you're not going to win the championship, you might as well just join it because A, it's fun. B, you never know who else is going to be in it. There were two teams in the Trade Addicts one uh, dispersal. Rocky, who took over a team that won the championship three years in a row, and then me, who came in third place. So we were the only two teams in the dispersal. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and. Nice. The, and if you're listening, I'm sorry. There's some bad teams in that league that don't have their own first round picks. Like, why at that point not just jump in? I was surprised it was just the two of us. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm happy it was just the two of us in the end. <laughs> Even though you took digs, I ended up getting him eventually. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and it's funny. I tried to force Rocky into a trade afterwards by taking too many quarterbacks, and it didn't work. So like, and I gained Sam Darnold and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh yeah, that. that's right. You got some <laughs> random starters back to you, but. Really, this was my impatience. This was me just like, I need to trade someone. Ugh. Is Tua going to be a top 10 quarterback? I, uh, I don't know. And I, I don't feel super confident. Will he be good? Yes. I, I, I don't think there's much of a question in my mind that Tua is a good quarterback. And we'll probably ride that 10 to 12 to 14 area in, in, in Dynasty or just fantasy in general. So I'm like, Mm, do I need to hold on to that? Is this value going to change? I think we're at the point where we know he's the quarterback, at least for the next year or two, because the trades made it seem like that they're out of quarterback selection range. Okay, so that, that kept his value. We sort of assume they're taking a weapon at six, so the actual draft won't change that value. So I don't see his value changing the next few months, so if I could trade him now, I might as well just trade him now. I am a Deontay Johnson fan, and I know Rocky is, so I could flip him for more if I wanted to anyway. So, like, I just started throwing out trades just because I've decided I want to win this freaking league. I want to win the first Trade Addicts League, because I finally won any of them last year. I won six last year. Thank you, finally. So now I want to win number one, so I'm just I'm not, making the not push. Not six of them. No, just number six. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, did, uh, I did look up uh, some of these trades on the DLF uh, trade analyzer, and, oh, no. uh, which I'm sure you probably did as well. Yeah, um, I do a lot of that before I offer them, but I, like you said, I never look back. I don't remember anymore. <laughs> it, it says you won that trade uh, if you got Deontay. So good, yes, good on you. I'll take it. Um, next trade, I have to fully find the tab. There you go. Trade Addicts two. Another man. I'm just like keeping this afloat right now. Another this <laughs> the 101 and Kareem Hunt for the 102 and Terry McLaurin. I told you at the time when you did this that I I, I love this one for you. Uh, uh, Russ, in case you, I think Russ, he didn't say Ryan, but uh, Russ got you got the one hundred two and Terry McLaurin, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like. Uh, you know, I'm fine. We don't know that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the golden god of quarterbacks for sure. So I, I'm fine taking Justin Fields and getting the big upgrade to me, which to me is a very big upgrade from Kareem Hunt to Terry McLaurin. Uh, also longer shelf. I mean, Kareem Hunt's like a 25, 26 year old running back at this point. 27? So, I mean, <laughs> he's 27. I'm not even sure. Um, 
and then Terry's not exactly a young young receiver either for how long he's been in the league, but he's only tw- I think he's only twenty five. Um, so so yeah, I for the one spot, you know, if you could Justin Fields may be a better fantasy asset than than Trevor Lawrence is with the rushing ability. So and Trevor Lawrence is probably going to go one and one in almost every Superflex league, uh, and you may end up with a better quarterback if that's how it turns out in terms of fantasy uh, at, with Fields or somebody else there. So uh, I I love that trade for you. How about you, Ryan? Yeah, I think that's probably where I am as well. This is a close one. Trade Analyzer liked it again for you, by the way. Um, I, I, I just see it as a tough decision at, at two. Do you think it's Do you think it's Fields hands down at this point? With nope. I, okay. it, personal preference, yes. Only because I know a lot more about Fields than I do about Zach Wilson. Assuming they're the three, in my mind, they're going one, two, three. Whether I don't know yet. You know, clearly the Mac Jones. There's enough smoke that there should be fire. I don't think even if Mac Jones is taken at three, he should be taking that early in rookie draft. So I honestly have absolutely no idea. The thing with the reason I did this, first of all, is because like we talked about earlier, I lost this championship by less than a point last year. So also I got that one-on-one in a dispersal last year. And I have Burrow, Josh Allen, and Baker Mayfield already. So I don't even have the need. So I might as well keep trading back, right? And the original, the way this started was uh, I got offered the 102 Will Fuller and like a 22 third for the 101, to which I replied, I'm not going to move back from Trevor Lawrence for stuff I'm never going to actually use. And I completely overshot at this. I'm like, I said, the 101 for the 102 and McLaurin, which I knew was going to get rejected. I just wanted to see where he would go from that. And he came back adding Hunt, which is around the level I expected. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I accepted that pretty quickly. Not because I felt like, oh, man, I just won this so bad. Just because I play things out in my mind, you know, like how the negotiations are going to go. And that's pretty much how I thought it would. So I was thrilled that that that's how it actually worked out. And plus, I like McLaurin, and I've gotten a couple of shares recently. Yeah, I like like, uh, grabbing McLaurin there as well. Uh, I guess the only thing I would say is I I see a pretty big tier from two. Well, kind of like we were talking about earlier. I mean, really from two to five or six or seven, unless you just have to have a quarterback. I think there's maybe, maybe room to move down again there. Oh, that's absolutely my goal. I, 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 we got a trade rejected right before we started where I went to go to the one Oh two to the one Oh three. Um, but that clearly didn't seem to work. So my next move is the one Oh four, because I am hoping to land either. If not, Oh man, if Najee goes to, I'm just going to, maybe I'll just take him at two. I don't know, <laughs> but like, I have T Higgins on that roster. So if I can have a roster with Higgins and chase, hoping that they're on separate teams, that would just make me very happy as a young wide receiver kind of guy. Okay. Let's move on to the next one, which was not me. Let's jump. Actually, no, let, you know, let's keep doing my trades. Cause this is my show trade addict seven. This one's a very small one. Zach Moss for Darnell Mooney and Dan Arnold. The reason I actually even brought this up anyway is because we were talking about running backs and landing spots. And do you think any of the Buffalo running backs are worthwhile in fantasy, Ryan? Um, no, not really. Uh, I mean, they're 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 just fine. Like, I don't yeah. think they're ever really going to make a huge impact. I would I would love it if uh, if Buffalo used that that late first on. Uh, one of these guys we've talked about. I mean, that would just be a fun team to watch. I'm, I mean, I'm not a Bills fan. I, I, I don't really even have 
Do you know, I don't, I don't think I have Stefan Diggs on any team or Josh Allen actually. So, wow. uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that doesn't, that doesn't feel great saying that, but it, um, it would just be a fun team to watch for sure. For sure. Uh, so yeah, to me, this trade comes down to, you know, who do you want to take a shot on Moss versus Mooney and, and, uh, once again, I'm going. I'm going against the trade analyzer. I'm, I'm taking Darnell Mooney's side here. Well, at least you picked my side. Yeah, I guess that's okay, what really okay. matters to me. Uh, I this team is a heavy, heavy, heavy rebuild. So I wanted zero. I want zero running backs on my team, and I nice. pretty much yeah. just I got what I could get. Is really what it comes down to. <laughs> uh, so I, I was happy to take to take Mooney and Dan Arnold. I mean, he did pretty well at the end of the season in Carolina. No, yeah. in Arizona. Now he's on Carolina. I want to say Cardinals and Carolina came out because uh, they sound way too similar. And right now, I mean, Ian Thomas, I feel like we can say isn't going to be a thing. It's just, yeah, uh, it's sad, but true. So the fact if they don't draft someone, there's no reason Dan Arnold can't come in. I'm not going to say he's going to be top five, top 10 even, but in a 0.75 premium, he could be a replacement if I ever need it. So I just, again, I got what I got for a, a running back when I didn't need him on my team. Um, now that Rocky is back from wherever the hell he just went, though he did promise it was not a second bathroom break. <laughs> Let's talk about his trade addict seven trade, which was a 22 first and 22 third for Deshaun Watson. Why don't you tell us about it, Rocky? Yeah. Um, we t- I mean, you, I think you, this was the episode you weren't here. We talked about Watson a little when Chad was on and it's probably gotten worse since then. Yep. But <laughs> I have been buying him here and there. Bobby uh, Koch uh, wanted to get him off his roster basically at any cost. Uh, I thought this was cheap enough to make it worth my while. Uh, I am, I've been a semi vocal believer. I posted about it on Twitter that, uh, you know, I'm not going to get into whether he's guilty or not, but just however this shakes out, I believe he's going to play in 2022. And when he does, this will be a win of a trade for me. I, I just. I think the worst case scenario is he plays in 2022. I know some people think it may be worse than that. I'm not there yet. So I'm willing to take the risk at this point for two pieces that also aren't going to score me any points this year. And the third doesn't matter to me at all. And uh, actually listening to Ryan's uh, locked on episode on it, I kind of convinced me even further. uh, the, uh, the, the, The criminal defense attorney he brought on seemed to think there was a decent chance he might even play this year which I'm not even factoring that in. I'm just assuming this means I'm getting him in 2022. And at that point, then I can do what I always do and trade him for a lesser quarterback plus. Without going into specifics of the morality of it, Ryan, because that's not our place. How do you, how do you feel about Deshaun Watson's trade value at the moment? Yeah, cer- certainly a touchy subject, obviously, for a lot of reasons. But uh, ultimately... I mean, the, the evidence that we've seen, not 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 evidence in this case, but the 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 history we've seen is that the NFL places a high value on these elite players. Uh, I mean, we've seen it with uh, with with Josh Gordon. We've seen it with Michael Vick. And I mean, every situation is obviously different um, and, and the times are different now than even they were two, three or five years ago. But. Ultimately, I agree with Rocky. I, I, I do think he plays again. And even if that doesn't mean this year, I still think this is going to be uh, a win for the side getting Watson, which is Rocky, I think. 
It yes, is. It was. <laughs> Dude, Ryan is such a good guest. Like almost every trade so far, he's he sided with the host, except for one with me, and I'll take that just because Rocky needs to feel good every once in a while. Just because <laughs> I'm usually mean to my co-host, so you know this is very so much true. Nice to them. <laughs> <laughs> See, theoretically, I'm with you. Uh, Deshaun Watson is going to play. Chances are he's playing this season. And he's going to come back. We have seen, regardless of the evidence, and regardless of, well, I guess if someone, even if someone's guilty, like you know, Vic went to jail for a couple of years, but he's just so darn good. And you know, second chances, you know, are what they are, and he got them. But what was uh, Randy Gregory? Was that the guy yeah. that ended up back in Dallas, like real fast after his? Uh, defendant like magically disappeared and, and you know he came back got a lot of money for it and everything so I, I really don't think there's a single thought that Deshaun Watson isn't going to be in this league again like there's going to need to be god knows what jail time involved for him never to come back just because and, especially and he, at the quarterback yeah. position there's just for him being as good of a player as he is that that unfortunately trumps morality yeah, and even then with the jail, I mean, like you said, Michael Vick came back after jail time. Uh, no, that would be multiple, you know, multiple years after he came back. But uh, I, I, you know, again, I don't want to get too much into the morality of it or the whether he's going to. But that, that's pretty much the only thing I see is if he's some and there's no criminal charge as of yet. Unless well, there's he no gets, criminal case yet. I believe there's a com one complaint, but they, they haven't filed yeah. any charges. Um, but yeah, unless, unless he gets a criminal conviction, I see no precedent in, in basically NFL history for a guy for something like this missing multiple years. So that, that, that's why I'm, you know, like Ryan said, like I said, I, I see no way unless he gets sent to prison that he's not playing in 2022, which I've heard some people argue that, that this is so bad, which may, you know, it's definitely very bad if he, you know, he's a. He's a total asset and a horrible person. If this happened and he deserves whatever he gets, I'm fine losing out on him if that's what happens, if, if he's found guilty and all that. But uh, otherwise, I mean, if he's not, it's like I said, no precedent for a guy missing multiple years if he's not criminally convicted. So I, I don't see some people think this is such a public relations thing that no one will touch him. I, the talent's going to overrule that. Yeah. The only thing I can remember is, what was it? Roethlisberger got missed four games for putting himself in bad situations, <laughs> which is what they called him sexually harassing people. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. You know, if, if you're doing this trade, even just thinking you're going to get a quarterback in 2022, I think I think you'll have that pretty easily, if not earlier than that. Uh, oh, man, we still have three more. So let's nope, two more. Got to erase that one. Uh, trade addicts eight. This one made me sad because I didn't get it. Tyler Boyd and a 22 first for Brandon Ayuk and the 303. What do you think of that, Ryan? Uh, I think I want Brandon Ayuk there. I just think he's he's the difference maker. Um, and again, that this one's close enough for me that if if I know that's a high first, uh, that would maybe shift it. But uh, I actually like the, what you're maybe getting at 3.03, .03, even in a um, – especially in a super flex league uh, and tight end. I think you said these were tight end premium, I believe. Um, yeah. So even the, that third rounder, I mean, that might be, uh, you know, that might be Brevin Jordan or someone like that, that, that could at least be useful. So I'm going with the IUC side. And Sounds like you're on the other side, Russ. 
I just love Tyler Boyd. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the first is from a playoff team, at least last year. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows what that's going to be this year. Uh, it's just, man, I don't know. Like, I'm so stuck on the San Francisco pass catchers. Like, is it so hard to believe that Ayuk is the next Evan Engram where things just broke so perfectly for him his rookie year that maybe that's just the best we see? I mean, Kittle out, Debo out. And, and this is nothing against Ayuk as a player at all. Like, he's good. I get that. But but so is Evan Engram. Like, he, like he wasn't a late pick at all. He was a first. Right. And he did great because there was nothing else there. And especially in San Francisco where they were just having a really bad year in general. Like, oh, man. And like, I have a, my best friend is a 49ers fan. And just every week he had to cry because another defenseman ended up on the IR. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that – so like, are they going to pass that much going forward? Probably not because they're going to get their defense back and they're going to have a much more crowded. And <laughs> I love the not going to happen anymore after the trade, but they, a bunch of mocks had a uh, San Francisco taking pits because they would just take the yeah. best pass catcher and like, Oh man, the, oh, the, I would, I want that just to see the Twitter world get set on fire for George <laughs> Kittle. Like it would just be so much fun to watch, but like, so like, I like Ayuk. I have a bunch of Ayuk shares. I have a bunch of Debo shares. I have very, very few Kittle shares because he's just expensive, but mm-hmm. I don't know how to feel about either of them. In which case I'm just going to go take a first and the guy I like. And I know, I know exactly what you're getting out of Tyler Boyd. You are getting wide receiver 24 on the season where a couple of weeks you'll get wide receiver 15 numbers. <laughs> And I'm completely fine with that. I just love that you called them defensemen going to IR. <laughs> like we're, like we're talk- you said the, the 49ers, they had their defensemen going to IR. Every week they had a new defenseman going onto the IR. Yeah. Like, what are we playing hockey here? <laughs> a different, what am I supposed to say? A different linebacker, defensive end, defensive tackle. Do you want me to start listing every single position, Rocky? I just, I just thought it was, it was interesting. <laughs> Just, I'm taking my I'm taking my water. You, I, you I, I, I'll, I'll bring it back a little, Russ. I you, we've talked about this before. We agree on the Ayuk thing, the, the whole 49er pass catcher thing. And uh, to me, this is this was easily the Boyd side just because of that. I'm I think we're both lower on Ayuk than the community is, um, and so I love getting Boyd plus the first. And like you said, it's a playoff team. That doesn't mean it's going to be a playoff team in 21. That for all we know, I just assume they're all mid. It could be high. Who knows? And uh, I don't like Boyd as much as you, but I I do like Boyd as a guy you can start every week and getting the first on top. And and Ayuk may not be much better than Boyd for all we know. You know, it was, like you said, it was one year. Everybody was hurt. So I'll take that first and take Boyd. Okay. I'm, I'm going to ride with that. And did we magically change your mind, Ryan? Like your, your total uh, no, void side now? Really. No, I just <laughs> no, I hate figured to ask because if on the on the off chance he was like, yeah, like I would just be really good about this. <laughs> I hate disagreeing with Ryan. It makes me feel like I'm the dumb one. Okay, and <laughs> and Nick Martinez chimes into the chat that I should have said defensive player, not mm. defenseman. So yes, I apologize. My hockey slipped out for a second. <laughs> uh, that was a little embarrassing. I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> Uh, last trade on the day, we have Kenny Galladay in the 202 for the 107. This like hurt my soul to see what little value Kenny Galladay just held in this one. Uh, how do you feel about Kenny Galladay right now on the Giants, Ryan? 
I've never been a, a big Galladay fan, honestly. Uh, and I know it, it seems like the, uh, the, I, you know, kind of the, the perception is that he's lost some dynasty value moving from Detroit to, uh, to the giants. I don't really think that's the case. Uh, I think it, at least he's, or at, at the least he's going to uh, kind of hold steady and, and maintain, uh, maintain that value or even, even regain some of the value he had uh, prior to that injury last year. So uh, I was surprised at first at this trade as well, uh, that, that it took holiday to, to bridge that gap from two, one to one, seven, but then, you know, you kind of think about the tiers and how they might break down. And I mean, at seven, you're still getting uh, you're getting Chase or Pitts or one of the three running backs or one of the two or three quarterbacks, uh, depending on how you how you rank those quarterbacks. So, I mean, you're you're getting a, a, a really nice prospect. But at two point oh one, I mean, I think you you could maybe get Mac Jones or maybe that's Bateman. Maybe that's Rondell Moore. Uh, it could even be Javante Williams if we don't love his landing spot uh, mm-hmm. or if he, you know, if he fell to the third round or something like that, maybe that's Javante at the 2.01. Uh, so I, I would take the Galladay side here, uh, but, but I get it at least. Yeah. Uh, we had a family gathering a few weeks ago of the DLF podcasters, which I have no idea if it actually, I, I gave it over to you to get the, the RSS uploaded. I don't Uh-oh. know if that happened yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. Sounds like it didn't, uh, but Rondell Moore went at the 201, like Moore, Waddle, yeah. Terrace Marshall, like all of those guys were still around at the 201. So you are, you're still getting a good wide receiver at the 201. And if you are, I know a lot of people are very big Gainwell fans as well. Well, he'll probably most definitely still, probably most definitely, that's a good group of words, right? There's a very good chance he will still be there at the 201 as well. So yes, you're still getting a good player at the 201, but you're right. At the 107, you're getting one of those top tier guys. So that's that. Yeah, I get it. But man, Galladay, like I get that we never saw everything we wanted out of Galladay. Like we never got that top five wide receiver year from him. And he's already 28 on a new team. But I really like this spot. I like him on the Giants. Like they don't have another guy, anything like him. And you want Saquon Barkley to be there because players on a good, better offense do better and he's going to be the main target getter like i mean you're you're not going to lose targets to sterling shepherd for the six games he's on the field it seems like you might not lose targets to kyle rudolph because who knows what's going to happen with evan engram at this point so i i to me i agree and you have this uh, i'm not saying that talent wise daniel jones is anything near matthew stafford but they're similar quarterbacks where they're not afraid to chuck the ball you know, it's, you know, Matthew Stafford coming into the league with Calvin Johnson. He was just able to, it doesn't, there's no such thing as Calvin Johnson being covered, right? You need to throw the ball, you throw it somewhere near Calvin and he can catch it. Not to say Galladay again is anything like Calvin Johnson, but he's that kind of player. He's very good at contested catches. So you have a dude that's not afraid to throw the ball into coverage with a dude that's good at catching it while covered. It makes sense to me. I don't think his value went up. I just also don't think it went down. So this, yep was a little shocking to me, especially because I think I sent a worse, well, I sent a bad trade to, to try and get Galladay. So I, I understand it got rejected, but you know, still I, I could have gone, I could have done better. 
and uh, I, I'm just I'm not going to add too much because I, I echo a lot of your guys thoughts on this one. I, I was a little surprised. It seemed a little light to to, to move up six spots for me. Um, but the, the point Ryan made about the tiers is also something I thought of the guys. You can still get there at 107. But I, yeah, I just think it's I think it's too much to move up from 201. You're still getting a pretty decent prospect at 201, as Ryan said. And and Galladay's situation it, it isn't really other than that Stafford is you know better than better than Jones. But as Jones can get in the ball, I agree with Ryan. I don't see the situation being that much worse. I mean, I, I would say Hawk is better than Ingram. I would say Marvin Jones last year is better than Sterling Shepard or Darius Slayton. Uh, uh, Swift is maybe a, a Barkley light. So I mean, and he still got his when he was on the field last year. So. I, I, and he was scoring about what, like 15 to 19 points most weeks, I think, when he was healthy last year. So, uh, I still like Galladay, um, as a, at least a high end wide receiver, two, possibly, uh, definitely somewhere in that wide receiver, two range. And you get a, another receiver probably on top of it. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 I get it because, yeah, it's you know, that 107 could be Najee or Harris or Pitts. Um, or, or one of the quarterbacks, but but I would take the Galladay side. All right, so question for both of you. What pick would you trade straight up to get Kenny Galladay? I know you can't sell him for <laughs> certain <laughs> picks straight up. I, I've tried almost everywhere towards the back end of the first round in one league and haven't had any luck. Um, 111? Uh, yeah, that's about where I would be as well. Uh, Nick's a little higher. Nick in the chat said 109. And I think about that area too. Like, I like the idea of Bateman and more, but I think they're going to be pretty landing spot dependent. So right now you have that top tier of, I stick with three quarterbacks, two running backs, wide receiver. And if you want to throw pits in there, so around again, you're at that like eight, nine range. And at right there, we've seen Kenny Galladay sort of do it. We've seen him look the part. So I, at that point, I would feel safe getting the – it's not it's, – it's funny. It's tough because he's on a new team now, and he came up a year where he pretty much didn't play. But it's still known production, right? Like, we know what he can do. And I am I am much more the dynasty player to go for the, the stuff I've seen on the field before. So around that nine-ish area, too, because, uh, you know, I will get the stars in my eyes if either Moore or Bateman lands in a place that isn't terrible. Let me just like let me just put very little standards on this, you know. As long as they don't also land in Dallas, I'm probably going to like them. Yeah, I think I just just running through it the way you just did. I think I would probably take four quarterbacks, all three running backs, Chase, Pitts. That's nine, right? Yeah. So yeah, I think the one ten is the highest I could I could think of going. Maybe over you know the wide whoever my wide receiver two ends up being, um, but. Even then, I might not do that. All right. Well, on that note, that's the end of our show sheet. So that is the end of our show. Uh, Before we get out of here, again, Ryan, why don't you remind everyone who you are, what you do, and where they can find what you do? Uh, Sure. Thanks for having me on, guys. It was a uh, a blast for sure. Um, You can find my work at uh, at Dynasty League Football. Uh, I do several podcasts, including the DLF Dynasty Podcast, Locked On, uh, Locked On Dynasty Podcast, uh, and Commission Impossible. Um, and you can follow uh, follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. 
And yes, absolutely. I have to have words with your co-host at Commission Impossible because a few months ago I was complaining that I'm like, all right, I'm done with my day job. Someone needs to pay me to podcast and to run leagues. And Ryan uh, uh, Scott, of course, starts bragging. That's what he does for a living. And I'm like, (laughs) hey, man, if you ever open a New Jersey office, just let me know. And then crickets. And then your last Commission Possible episode where you're talking about the legal stuff behind running not fantasy leagues, but fantasy sites. I forgot the words you actually right, use. Yeah. But contest, it came down. Yeah. yeah. Fantasy contests. League Safe has a New Jersey office. <laughs> I, I doubt there's a human being in it. It's probably just like a an office that they, you know, an address that has a P.O. box or something. But there's a New Jersey office and I don't have a job there. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I thought that was a nice guy. It is a shame. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a false reputation, really. Scott, <laughs> Scott, letting you down, letting me down. <laughs> oh, all right, but on that, after that note is our note. We have what do we have? patreoncom slash pod where you can be watching us live record in our chat. Nick is here almost every single week, telling me what to say, and I love it. You know, correcting me when I say defenseman instead of defensive players, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and answering questions that I can't. Um, and also we have our awesome group me chat, the cool kids club. You can be part of that all fun, fun, awesome stuff with some awesome people in that chat. Also, we have ffpodshirts.storeenvy.com where you can get awesome swag here. I'm wearing my, uh, pretty light blue trade addicts pod shirt. Uh, coincidence. I swear I didn't wear this on purpose. Um, <laughs> where you can get, uh, anything from the DAP network. You can get what are we trade addicts pod dynasty junkies fantasy timeline get real but then you could also get such wonderful dlf family podcast shows as dynasty game night and super flex super show and then millions of podcasts on top uh dynasty diagnostic debbie marketplace fantasy intervention dynasty vipers and again there's far too much for me to ever remember but the cool part besides getting all of this awesome awesome stuff which i get to buy more stickers because i have to got a new computer so that's gonna be fun um, every single penny that comes in from FF Pod shirts goes straight to charity. And for th- what we do is every two months, Rocky and I switch off picking a charity. So for the re- we, all of March and for the rest of April, every penny that comes in is going to go to No Kid Hungry. So buy some awesome stuff so kids can eat because kids should eat, right? I mean, like, well, that's not a hard thought, right? You should wear an awesome T-shirt with a brain that's holding a flag that says trade addicts on it. And we can give some meals to kids. Easy. Done. All right. <laughs> All right. So to finally wrap it up, to wrap up the wrap up, I guess, I am Russ Fisher at Dynasty Outhouse. He, he is Rocky Petrella at Dynasty FF Addict. The show is at Trade Addicts Pod at DAP underscore network. Follow, rate, subscribe to the DAP network, to our show, to the DLF family podcast, all of them. Rate, review, subscribe to all of them because that's how much we mean to you that you want to do that for us. Good night, everybody. <laughs> that was that was a lot. <laughs> uh. Good night, Russ. <laughs>